Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. Uh, This afternoon, I am going to be discussing just one aspect of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to be focusing on the, the rapture or the snatching out of the church of Jesus Christ. And this aspect of eschatology. The term eschatology means the last things or the doctrine of last uh, things. Indeed, uh, the Apostle Paul uses the term eschaton, eschaton to refer to the time in which you and I live. You and I live in the eschaton. That is, the, uh, between the already and the not yet. And that time began at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and will continue to the end of the church, this particular age, or ion, uh, which is called the church age, which is going to end in a great falling away or apostasy. Paul talks about this great apostasy, and it is important that you and I as saints understand uh, the doctrine of eschatology. So they are asked uh, if one is to have a thorough understanding of eschatology, then one must be conversant with the eschatology that is taught in the, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, particularly in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. And in the New Testament, uh, the book of Revelation. It is not Revelations, uh, plural. It is the book of Revelation. These two are companion books. And so I want to emphasize that uh, at the beginning uh, of the show. These are companion books. So uh, also uh, in the Gospel of Matthew, one must read the Olivet Discourse, which is in Matthew chapter 24. Also, Chapter 25 is important too. But uh, in order to understand eschatology and what the Bible teaches about eschatology, we have to unpack these doctrines. And in order to understand uh, what God is telling us, there is an also there's also a personal eschatology. 
which has to do with the individual, uh, his existence, uh, which also uh, embraces just the life of the person. So that's personal eschatology. Here we're dealing with cosmic eschatology. And uh, it is, I want you to understand something that Paul writes uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that is hidden in the English text. So I'm going to read it to you now because I really want you to get this. This is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3. This is what Paul writes. 1 Corinthians 4, 3. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. Now in the Greek, the... uh, the word that comes after the word man's, uh, that, and it is translated judgment, uh, in the Greek, it is man's day. This is man's day. So Paul makes that distinction. It is a very important eschatological distinction that he makes. Man's day. He uses the term uh, and uh, anthropos which is gender-inclusive, male and female. This is man's day. This is man's time. Now, if you would turn to 1 Corinthians 5, 5, Paul writes this. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5. So, verse 5 reads, uh, To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Now, the Old Testament in the book of Joel and other books talks about the day of the Lord. But here, notice the distinction that Paul makes between the day of man and here in 1 Corinthians 5, 5, the day of the Lord Jesus. So this day of man uh, will come to an end. Now, let me tell you, in First Corinthians, uh, excuse me, in First uh, John, there are verses that I'm going to be speaking about, not in this show, but in a coming show, in which we read in the grammar uh, that this age is being caused to pass away by God. The age is not going to just uh, flitter on or or collapse. Uh, on its own. Indeed, this age uh, is going to collapse, but it is being caused to collapse by God. God is directing the events of the last days. And God is causing this age uh, to close and to pass away. Now, this is something that in the day of hubris, that is man's day, that will not be discussed. Uh, if you can find books by C.S. Lewis, uh, please read. Uh, he has a piece called Men Without Chest. Very, very uh, important. Uh, mere Christianity, read Mere Christianity. Uh, that will help give you a great understanding uh, about what Paul means by man, by man's day, man's time. So, now, in 
when we move on and we go uh, to Second Thessalonians, Second Thessalonians, uh, chapter two, verse three. This is what Paul writes, uh, and I'm going to start at verse one of chapter two, Second Thessalonians, chapter two, verse one. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, speaking of the church, okay, that you be not too shaken in mind, nor be troubled, but is frightened, either by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter asked from us, as that here, and here's the term that Paul uses in First Corinthians 5, 5. As that the day of Christ is at hand. Again, the day of Christ represents a distinctive eschatological event. Let no man deceive you by any means. So here it means to seduce holy, to, to holy seduce you. Now, these words are important because there are preachers who are telling people that the day of Christ is not going to happen. There are preachers, and they are false teachers. Uh, in the Greek, they are called pseudo-didaskaloi. Pseudo-didaskaloi. They are false teachers who deny the second coming. Now, be mindful of the fact that these individuals have neither the background nor the credentials, nor the academic credentials to make such statements. And so they make their a priori statements. Well, they make their ad hominem statements, okay, to individuals they perceive are spiritually inferior and who don't have the training to to challenge them. And so they, they say these specious things, not based on any scholarship, not based on any reputable scholarship, or where they, they produce, I mean, uh, their answers, and they tell people, well, this is, this is what I have arrived at through my scholarly study. No, it is merely ad hominem. That is argument to the man. It is emotion. It is opinion only. So uh, Paul goes on, let no man deceive you wholly by any means, for that, uh, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, this falling away uh, is where it speaks of the great apostasy. Now, no, people are not going to leave the local churches. But what will happen is that individuals will remain in local churches, but, uh, and this word means to stand off from, they will deny the redemptive teachings of the Bible. They will deny, they will stand off from the historic teaching of the church. Okay, and so this is the great apostasy. They will continue to go to church. 
Remember, when Jeremiah gave his great temple sermon, God told him to go and stand in the courtyard of the temple as people were streaming inside the temple to worship. And Jeremiah were calling, was calling them to repentance. But they, and so they kept up the external appearance of serving God. And here you're going to, we have the same situation. There will be the external appearance of serving God. But in their hearts, these individuals stand off from the historic redemptive doctrine. Jesus died for sinners. Uh, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, the resurrection of Jesus, uh, the existence of hell, and the judgments. They will stand off from these teachings. They will not, uh, they, they will uh, praise God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. So, Paul wants believers to know that Jesus is coming again and that this is a, this is a very powerful doctrine. It is important that believers understand that despite what men say, God is not a liar. Please read the book of Titus chapter 1. God is not man that he should lie. God uh, cannot lie. It is, it is contrary, it is antithetical to the divine essence to lie. We, we see within the word of God the eternal veracity of God. God, God is truth. And uh, Jesus said, I am the hodas, I am the way, the road, I am the truth, Alexias, and I am the life. Zoe, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. And so it is imperative that believers get grounded in the word, that believers understand that indeed Jesus Christ is coming again for his own. He is coming for his church. And Neither Satan, nor the demonic hosts, nor the pseudo-intellectuals uh, who say that he, Jesus is not coming again can stop him. Good afternoon. My name is Dr. Josiah and God bless you. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.